podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by Andy. Hello. It's got to be one of them. And James. Hello. Join us as we discuss our Friday night away fixture at Craven Cottage. Yes, that is in London. Coming up, we'll discuss our head-to-head record, the team news, have a little rummage around the friends of Fallen Board and give our predictions for the game. Then as always afterwards, come rain, shine or London curse, we will get together and have a chat on our thoughts. How are we doing, guys? Andy, you're on it. Bloody friends are full of my ass. Andy, when you first joined it, when you first joined this uh, video, obviously everyone listens on audio. But you always like adjust your hair. It's not a mirror. It's because it's like falling out, mate. I don't want to. Uh, I need to hold on to it while I can. It's cutting itself at the minute. Yeah, don't don't let those headphones rub on top of it. It'll come off by the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, boys. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to a Friday night football match. Eight o'clock kickoff, which is. Better than 12.30, isn't it? Well, yeah, definitely. And let's not dwell on it too much, but a win really sets up your weekend. And if we don't, at least you've got a bit longer to recover before Monday. That's one thing. I'd, yeah, let's move on. It's just London, isn't it? <laughs> it's just London. And do you know what? I, I said it on the last podcast. I, uh, I fancy us tonight. I think we'll break it. But I say that every time we go to London, so nobody has a clue, do they? Yeah, you fancied at Stamford Bridge, fancied as a... Tottenham Oxford Stadium. Fancy at, at, at the Den. And Andy bases his optimism on whether he's just opened a can of beer. And it's usually high. Well, our head-to-head record against Fulham, we have won 24, drawn 15 and lost 18. We've drawn five of the last nine fixtures, which were all tight games against teams with similar style and ambition. If you listen to Mr. Scott Parker this week, he will tell you that they are a much improved, totally different side. All the Fulham fans do, actually. They're a very, very confident bunch to the side that we played in the fixture at Ellen Road at the very start of the season. So that's all to be seen. Team news is in. What do you think, Andy? As you were. Correct. It's as you were, an unchanged side. That is Melier, Alioski, Strike, Lorente, Ailing, Phillips, Dallas, Rafinha, Roberts, Harrison and Bamford. Look at you saying Rafinha with a bit of a twang. You're from like Yorkshire, mate, not bloody Rio de Janeiro. Rafinha. Rafinha. <laughs> oh no, both of you are at it. Uh, Benches, Casilla, Cock, Berardi, Jenkins, Shackleton, Cliff. Casilla's a what? Costa, Paveda and Geldart. Believe it or not, he's only had a swig of that beer. It's been a long week. I've just seen a picture of uh, someone said what Southgate could have had, and it's uh, <laughs> it's a, a World Cup uh, England team lifting the trophy, and it's Ailing Bamford and Phillips lifting Stuart Dallas on the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Dallas from Leeds, yeah? Yeah, yeah I absolutely oh. love that. I love that all week. The people that have been going, no Dallas in the England squad, what a disgrace. And then, like, half the people love it, and other people are going, mate, he's, he's from Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? We need to talk about Bamford not getting a nod because that is ridiculous, isn't it? He's been better than Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins offers something slightly different. That's the only thing I can think of. But if you look at him head to head on who's scoring goals, Bamford's got three more, has he? I think he's got more assists as well. Yeah. And he's got, I think... and he's posher. <laughs> I think um, he's been very unfortunate there, but it's obviously Gareth Southgate's prerogative and Southgate's worked with Bamford in the past. I'm not saying it's 
is the that's, decision it, I would have made. Where's it worked with him? Woolworths. Under-21s. Uh, Bamford scored the last of a 9-0 win in the under-21s when Gareth Southgate was the, as, as in the ninth goal, uh, when Gareth Southgate was the England manager, under-21s manager. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently, I've uh, done my reading this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's impressive. I've come into this game like being, needing to be filled with Fulham and general knowledge of football this week by you, Paul, so I appreciate that you've done the research. Well, I, I, I started listening to a bit of a Fulham podcast oh, the other why? day. Why? Just to see the take on things. I well, take it seriously. You didn't go to see the take, you went to listen to their take, didn't you? It's a podcast. That's exactly what I did. So I went to listen to how they felt about things and they are very positive they feel that they're in a a good place um they've had some decent results recently they think that this is the start of their easy run or the winnable games so it's um it's very interesting i hope they stay up and bright and go down but i want them to lose badly tonight is that because you want ben white yes don't we all paul we want ben white (laughs) goes without saying so we all do want Ben White. Lovely. Next, we need we need the return of the Ben White Man of the Match award rather than the uh, Stuart Dallas Man of the Match award. On uh, Friends of Fulham, they said, "Well, the last time we played, wait a minute, they... before you get into that, you need to a do it in your little posh annoying True. Fulham voice that you do, and secondly, Friends of Fulham reminds me of Friends of Ham. Do you know we could go there, have a drink for a game. That was a laugh, wasn't it? Oh, that was no. a great bar. It's a great bar. It's still open, isn't it? Is it still but, up and running? I don't think it's open in a minute. Not obviously not now, but you know, I hope I hope they are up and running and still working as a business because we'll be in there. The only thing I liked in there that I don't know we like anywhere else is olives. Olives are wank and they're good in there. <laughs> the 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 guy on the friends of Fulham said, "Well, the last time we played them, they edged it, but we were playing Roy, Hector, Kamara." Byram, Onoma, and so on. This time, I think we're the better team. It will come down to the day. I, When you talk in that voice, I have like a picture of some guy like smoking a pipe with lovely mahogany shelves and leather-bound books behind him. Maybe a picture of yesteryear at Fulham with the Michael Jackson statue, that sort of thing. Pa- Patrick See, Bamford has been fox hunting. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm just checking out the uh, BBC news feed at the moment uh, for the game. And uh, it's... So I think they're a Leeds fan because the first thing says, uh, same again, please. It may be asking too much, but we're in for a treat if tonight's makings like anything like the reverse fixture. Leeds came out on a top and seven goal throw and you're like, all right, they just want goals. And then the next bit, it talks about uh, the team news. Leeds are unchanged from their nil-nil draw with Chelsea, which is good news because it means Patrick Bamford has recovered from the hip injury, which had made him a doubt. That sounds like that person's feeling quite Leedsy. Was the Fulham game when you came here? We got had a few beers and made a old mess everywhere. Fulham game was uh, Fulham game was beer fifty two advert day. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a good day. Fulham day actually. <laughs> Apart from like shipping loads of goals. Well, that was a, a bit of a sign of evil to come. We'd beaten them quite handsomely at Ellen Road in the. That was a big game. The game at the start of the. <laughs> Uh, lockdown games the behind closed doors games in our running because we just lost to Cardiff haven't we and it, there was a lot riding on that when we went and uh, smashed it well, Mitrovic and then, should have been put to jail for hurting our Benji yeah Mitrovic is a, easily cast as a pantomime villain in these fixtures he's not made the cut today they've got another striker who's starting ahead of Mitrovic it's because Mitrovic looks like he's eating me and still a professional footballer, and I'm a big lad. I'd love to be as fat as 
It's <laughs> Alexander Mitrovic. I think I've said that before. So this is a massive game for Fulham. Fulham have the chance to climb out of the bottom three tonight. And that's the kind of game where if it was us, you'd be going, yeah, this isn't happening. But we've got the whole London thing going on. I'm not sure about tonight, but the referee, just to add to it, is David Coote. So far this season, we've conceded five and scored zero in games that he's ref. And someone said that they've got zero confidence to allow anything our way, especially after the sheer stupidity of some of his decision-making in the Wolves and Spurs games. Oh, Eight defeats and one win in his last nine games as ref for Leeds doesn't bode well for an evenly balanced affair. That's just a coincidence, like the London curse, isn't it? It's changing tonight, mate. 4-0 leads. Andy, you've you've gone big time into your uh, prediction. 4-0 leads. So Fulham have got Fulham have conceded 10 Sorry. goals less than us, but they've only scored 22 goals this season. Their biggest win is 2-0 against West Brom. They've got three against so us. Think, and I think they've been 4-0. 4-0. They've been lauded in terms of having this really tight defence. So do, 4-0 leads. Go on, elab- elaborate. Where, where are you getting this from? Because I think there's a lot of things to prove tonight, points to prove, points that we can stay solid at the back and not concede. They're not great going forward by all accounts, as you just alluded to. We're good going forward. We haven't scored many goals recently, have we? I think we're just going to go for it. Bamford surely is going to be a bit annoyed he's been overlooked for England. And Rafinha has been a little bit of football last couple of games, but he's playing against these tonight. 4-0 leads. Bamford well, 2, it- Rafinha 1. And Manuel Lorente get one. And it's not just that we haven't scored many goals recently. We haven't scored for four hours and 36 minutes of football. Is that since we scored against West Ham? We didn't score against West Ham. It's since we scored I meant the first game against West Ham. <laughs> no, but the other week you were arguing that we did score against West Ham. So. Oh, we did. Tyler Roberts. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> James... Andy's really gone gone big on this. What's your prediction? Well, I think, like you said earlier on, their the positive attitude of their fans, I think, puts them in a bit of danger because I think they can go into this game being complacent because, you know, they have had a good result against Liverpool. But we're a team that haven't really... The results haven't really gone our way, but we have been playing well. So I think they should fear us more than they actually realise, but that bodes well because they will be complacent and I think we'll we'll come out and, yeah, we we deserve the three points. Um, based on like the consistency of how we've been playing over the last few weeks, we deserve it and I think we'll we'll, we'll put a show on. I th- I, I'm kind of in Andy's court with this today. I think I've, <laughs> I've got a feeling we could, we could be in for a treat and it would be a really good way to A, break the London curse and B, probably secure ourselves in the Premier League. So 3-0 I'm going. Well, wow. And also on that, we had a few predictions on uh, Twitter today. So mixed feelings, our mate Russell Walker, he said, if we win, we're safe. So let's win. Keza, slinkiest guitar. Sadly, we are in London, so not confident based on London form. Rocco, Rock LUFC, 3-1, Bamford, Rafinha, Roberts. Today is the day. Oh, oh, Joe Layton as well. 3-0, it's happening. Brace for Roberts. Hope you're well, Joe. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so a few mixed feelings, but was it Was it you on our Twitter account today, James? Uh, it might be. Absolute top bombing. My favourite tweet of the year by some distance. Which one? I'm not liable for anything. The one where Philly said, I nearly got shot on by two birds <laughs> today. And you put... Normally, you've got to pay a load of money for that. 
I didn't say that. I said some people might pay for that. You said normally <laughs> I pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. James also got in trouble with his sister earlier in the week for denying that she listens to the podcast. Oh, so. she had a. I bumped into her on the school run and she had a right go at me. She's like, I do listen. I listen every week. While we're going glory, glory, Hi, Sarah. That. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. While we're uh, while we're giving ourselves a big old pat on the back, who's that geezer who listens from like Scottish fellow moved to like. Jamaica or somewhere. Oh yeah, Dean Spriddle. Uh, Dean Spriddle listens every week. He's from Dunfermline originally, and he's in Leatherbridge, Alberta, Canada, I believe. Wow. Hi, Dean. Hope you're well, mate. Cheers for listening as well. Tell us what it's all about. I did, I couldn't tell if that was Scottish or Canadian. So you've done really well there because that's probably exactly what he sounds like it's Canadian anyways Jermaine Janus says that Fulham could be next season's Aston Villa he said if Fulham survive this they could be the Aston Villa of next season so Fulham are going to cheat to stay up with some dodgy decision that VAR doesn't pick up on yeah well I hope that's not tonight Villa should have gone down shouldn't they oh yeah definitely I'm going to predict one all boring that, yeah I, I feel that a result tonight would be a good result for us I think coming away from here maintaining the gap to Fulham and not losing in London. And I know we need a win in London. We desperately need a win in London. But you're right, there are a lot of people with a point to prove and these games are incredibly difficult to to gauge. It does come down to fine margins and I am sure we'll be talking about that when when we come afterwards. You don't think it's got to be fine margins. You think we're going to smash them. So I'm hoping you're going to be right. What's your word? London. London calling, we're finally going to do it. It shouldn't be a thing. It is a thing. It's going to end tonight. You know a film called London Has Fallen or something? Yeah, has it got Gerard Butler in, or is that a different one? Olympus Has Fallen. Is that? Nah, that's that's you're thinking of three hundred, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I hate him, but love him. Uh... Paul's actually looking up. He's head of research. He's no, got I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. London has fallen. London has fallen is a thing. Okay, for me, I'm going to go with three hundred. No, I'm going to go with show. Like I said earlier, I hope we put on a show. And uh, yeah, close to kick off, nearly showtime. Looking forward to it, actually. It's uh, nice having a Friday kick off for a change. London has fallen is a 2016 American action thriller, starring Gerard Butler. Well played. Thank you. Paul, tell us your word. Go on, MDB. Fill us in. Tight. I expect it to be a tight game. I want us to keep it tight at the back as we have been doing, but I want us to get them tight calls tonight and get it right and put the goals in that you guys are talking about. So when we come back, we can chat and produce a tight second half of the podcast and then have a tight weekend. We've been very buoyant. It always worries me when we've had a buoyant first half because it's miserable if we lose. Oh, God. Fingers crossed. And if we lose, no one will have ever listened to this buoyant first half either. Not even you, Sarah. Right, enjoy the game, everybody. And uh, it's time for London to fall. Fighting talk. Right, well, we're back, and I presume you're back because Leeds United have picked up a victory in London. It's official. Curse is over. 2-1 Leeds United. Massive three points. That's us safe. Let's talk about it. Can we just spend the whole time talking about how good Stuart Dallas is? I agree. He is very good. Very, very good. Said it last week. Well, we've, we've been joking, saying, oh, it's the Stuart Dallas man of the match. 
that award this season. There was a few very good players tonight, and for the record, he's not my man of the match. But you just watch him and you go, bloody hell, you signed as a right winger, and now you're just a right sexy bastard who can play anywhere. Have you seen the uh, Leeds United official Twitter of uh, of put we've won in London and and I think they've used a gif of I think it it says it's been eighty four years so I think that's the gif from the old lady at the start of the Titanic. No, Stuart Dallas deserves a lot of credit for the role that he's had in this team this this season. Whenever he goes down as well, you think Nah, he's getting straight back up. It's Stuart Dallas. He's got that gritted teeth look about him where he holds his ankles, sort of bends over, doesn't he? But then he's up and then he's running. Another ten kilometers. It's just that, say it's, it's just it's just that honest nature that is learnt from growing up in the centre of Leeds, isn't it? I was going to say it's true Yorkshire grit that. Uh, so let's uh, go, Andy. Uh, I don't know if you're still counting. What number's that? I don't think we have Andy anymore. We have Shandy. Going back to the start of the game, how frustrating is VAR? Ah, Tyler Roberts involved every week <laughs> in a VAR incident. It's absolute horseshit. That's three and three. It's ridiculous. And they're all by a pube. These geezers just need... Are we still sponsored by Manscaped? Can we go with that? If the Leeds United squad have Manscaped, there'd be no offside. It's ridiculous though, isn't it? Every single one's been stupid. And if you look, yeah, if you look at... Like, if you look, if you look at last season, yeah, Villa stayed up because of a poor VAR decision that didn't get seen. Yeah? They survived by that. We've survived by good football and been robbed of European football because of poor VAR decisions. It's nonsense. <laughs> do me. Oh dear. I do agree with you. When you think about it, uh, Roberts has been so unlucky because actually all the pundits would be praising him to high heaven had he have got his goals and various assists over the last few weeks if it weren't for VAR and you'd probably they'd probably have him as like the next big thing so yeah I feel for him do you think Tyler Roberts could play for England <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what is the most annoying thing about all that is that Luke Aylin has gone and he's got his hair out and he's doing the old letting it down playing the guitar thing and the stupid commentators have gone, oh yeah, he's uh, channeling his inner Jamie Vardy there. It's like, nah, 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 mate. He was doing that last year with fans. What are you on about? I feel desperately sorry for Luke Ailey. <laughs> they cut to me and was like, how could I have been offside? <laughs> Which you can laugh about now. And it was a right header, wasn't it? A right header. It was not. I, I think, as has been in the other games, I'm not going to say it massively knocked us, but it just, it takes a couple of minutes to get it out of your system, doesn't it? Because you think you're winning and then it's it's like an equaliser. It's a gut punch. But we've gone on and I think we had a really impressive spell in that first half. It was it was the press. It was getting in their faces. They were they couldn't pick a pass. And and when we've taken the lead, obviously I was slightly nervous that the ball had gone out of play or Bamford had tripped up someone up in the build-up. But brilliant first goal. And uh, it makes easy headlines, doesn't it, when Bamford scores the day after he's not been picked for England. And it was a great goal. Yeah, we'll get on to that. I'm a suspicious person. I half think that Leeds have said Bamford's not fit. He can't come. Patrick can't come to play. Um, because we wouldn't have also said, also, Gareth, can you go out in the media and say uh, Patrick's not really fit? Because that, that wouldn't be professional either. So it clearly they patched him up to do a job for us tonight. 
and he did a hell of a job for us tonight. He got an assist, Andy, as well. I, I just think that's England being. I, I think I, I think they've just backed the wrong horse, haven't they? I think that's all it is. We we, we said start the season. Oh yeah, Ollie Watkins might be a good signing, but not for thirty five million quid. There's no there's no way he's a better player than Bamford. No, I think he's proving that as well. I think we got we got a, a wonderful piece of business. And what the story of Patrick Bamford is what happens when you have a player with out and out potential with a manager who loves him, respects him, and gives him the time that he deserves and that run of games to build that consistency. And over time, no one would talk about replacing Bamford now in terms of a starting lineup. You could bring someone in, you could press him, but Bamford is almost what the team is is built around. He's the he's the pinnacle of our team. Is that is that goal forty at one hundred one games? You tell us. If sounds you like so. <laughs> I, I think it is. That's like it's just in between one and three or one and two, isn't it? But that's a hell of a record, especially at the level we're playing at. What I love about Bamford and Bielsa, like you say, Paul, giving him the consistency, is that Bielsa, with that decision making, has sort of had to gradually win everyone over. Like pundits have written him off loads of time in the championship. Fans have written him off. Like ev- everyone's kind of had their moment where they're like, uh, "He's good, but he's not. He's not really doing it, is it?" And it's taken a long time for everyone to finally understand how Leeds United play and and see the true value of Patrick Bamford. Apart from Leeds, that it's true. It is very true. We have never, ever, ever slagged off Patrick Bamford. Apart from it's not us style. It's not us style. I'll tell you who I'm going to slag off tonight. Reed thought he was dirty and deserved a booking early, and he was time wasting. It wound me right up. Yeah, I agree. He was one person I plucked out as being very annoying. But go on, Andy. Gianni Alioski. Oh. Uh, to be honest, first half he was he was frustrating me. He was putting us under a lot of pressure, some weird passes, and just yeah, losing the ball in possession, like in our own half. It was just bloody infuriating, to be honest. I looked at our team tonight, and you know it's, it's easy when you're playing a bang average championship side, but I wouldn't swap any of our players for any of them. The only weak link that I saw was Johnny, and it pains me to say it because I love how mental he is, but. There's obviously uh, rumours that he's going to the dark side and what have you, but he's just been a bit guff today. He's he's gone with his headless chicken thing and been absolutely nowhere near it. And I've always stood there and backed him, I when people haven't, but I think he's been... He put us under some pressure today for no reason. I think in the summer, left-back is going to be the first position that they're addressing because it's the only position that we don't have... And now, I mean, we got we let Barry Douglas go because he wasn't guaranteed to get in ahead of other people. So left back is the key position for assigning above all others, especially as as we know it's heavily. I don't think the club want Alioski to go, but he may know that if he's wanting to start games, he may go elsewhere. Squad play, squad play is great, isn't it? Well, I actually like I, I like the link up that he has with with Harrison down the left-hand side. So maybe it is the defensive parts. And like, you know, when when Melier made that save and he just lost his head and smacked it out for a corner and they all looked at him and went, we don't do corners. We, what, what are you doing? Um, but going back to my point on Bamford about consistency, he's not the only one 
who has benefited from a consistent run. You could see it, clearly you see it with Stuart Dallas because he's been there the whole time. But Tyler Roberts has really come into his own in these last few games and he looks really comfortable and, and doesn't look out of place at all. What do you think? Still think there's some room for growth. Oh, here, here he is, drunk Andy. No, it's legit. Drandy. Uh, I, I think he's doing good, but I don't think if if we're going to be pushing for a mid-table place, I don't think he's the person to start there. Again, I think he's a good squad player. Same with Alioski. You're telling me if Click's fully fit, Rodrigo's fully fit, you're playing Roberts and Dallas ahead of Click and Rodrigo. You're not, are you? You might play Dallas yeah. ahead. But you, I don't think you'd play Roberts. I mean, that wasn't entirely my point. My point was Tyler Roberts has done good over the last few games. It wasn't, we must start Tyler Roberts from the start of next season. With Tyler Roberts, he is the sort of player that, yeah, I know what you're saying, Andy, but going back to Paul's point about consistency, if you give Tyler Roberts a consistent run now, chances are he will be very, very, very good. If you let monkeys type for 150 million years, they're going to write Shakespeare's works by accident, aren't they? Same thing. <laughs> Roberts is good. If you've played for 150 years in a row, he's going to be very good, isn't he? The I can imagine with, the tweets the that thing, are going to come in on this. <laughs> the, thing, the thing with uh, Roberts as well is like, you forget that, what, did we pay like a million quid for him from West Brom mm. who, who cast him out as a reject? He was then like, well, he had like broken shins or something, didn't he? And he didn't play for, for ages. And he was in and out of being injured and everyone's just sort of thought, uh, he's never going to quite do it, is it? Now all of a sudden he's playing very, very well in the Premier League and really proving a lot of people wrong. And he's 22 years old. Like you can't tell me that he's not going to improve. He's he's been so so good, and uh, it's good to see him play. And amazing that he's keeping Rodrigo out. Really, Rodrigo's injured. He's so so inconsistent. That's the problem. Roberts is either a, a ten out of ten or a three out of ten. There's no in between. What has he been? No, the la- I disagree. What, what has he been the last two or three games then? Six and a half, seven. <laughs> so neither a three, <laughs> neither a three or a ten. I, I like Tyler Roberts. I like his attitude, like the way it goes, but... I don't like your attitude. My, my argument is that I just don't think he's that starting 10 that we need. So Patrick Bamford said, uh, the lads deserve a lot of credit. They had to do a lot of my running tonight because I was struggling from the get-go. It was a matter of time for how long I could last at 77 minutes, the legs packed in, and you could see that, couldn't you? I think we've patched him up to keep him there, and I, I don't think he was ever going to England. That's how I'm going to take it. Dare I make another comment or we're going to get shot down for it? If it's negative, we don't need negative. We've won in London. It's a little negative, I think. Oh, no. I think since all this hype about Rafinha, he's been nowhere near it. I know he scored tonight and he put in one wicked ball, but other than that, I don't think he was really there. (laughs) So other than winning the match for us tonight. (laughs) What else did he do tonight? Bear in mind, he's meant to be the Lord and Saviour. It doesn't matter. He won us the game. He, he did it when it mattered. He's one of them incon- He's one of them inconsistent players. He's either a naught or a ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's to say that he's the second coming of Christ. And I've been saying how good he is. I just want to see him in the flesh and not lose him. I think since then, he's been a little bit off his own game. He's I not d- been as frightening as he could be. And tonight, other than his goal and that one whip in, I don't think he was really in it. He missed a couple of decent chances. He over-dribbled it. You know, I know everyone's not going to be perfect all the time. Look at me. I'm not perfect all the time. But you get, what, you get where I'm going. For the, the levels that it's been given, and the commentators going, oh, he's so, so, so good. 
yeah, he is very bloody good, but he was probably the fifth or sixth best player on the pitch tonight, in my opinion. Paul, teach him how to say uh, his name properly anyway. Rafinha. Rafinha. Oh, I've run out of beer. This is awful. I know what he's saying. He, I mean, he hasn't been awful, but he's had a couple of games where he's not been as good as he has been. But also, the, him and Aylin on the right are a classic example of what you're saying, Paul, about Alioski and Harrison on, on the left. You know, they are playing so well together and Aylin's doing the overlap perfectly as well that if we have a similar sort of duo on the left-hand side, we'll be unstoppable. We'll be, we'll be in Europe, Andy. Andy, is it possible that, uh, and I, I think I'd, it's, it seemed noticeable early on that they were mar- like now players are getting wise to Rafinha, that he's getting a lot more attention from the opposition, uh, and maybe they're they're putting more players on him, trying to keep him quiet, which is where Ailing was getting more space because when he comes forward, like we were getting a lot of joy with with Ailing as the outlet ball because people were watching Rafinha, particularly early on in the game, they don't want to be losing him. Is there, is there a question there, or is that just a point? <laughs> I said, is it possible no. that that's what's happening? A couple of weeks ago, he could not make a mermaid, could he? I, th- I think there is something in that, Paul, because if you remember the Villa game, there's a few people saying, oh, we've not managed to get the ball to, to Rafinha. And to be fair, like it was credit to Villa because there was a few times where we threaded it through and Mings was just like playing as a sort of sweeper-type role and just picking up the ball before he could even get to it. So I definitely you lost, think... You lost me at credit to Villa. <laughs> well, slight credit to Villa is all I can say. That Yeah, that they managed to, to deal with him. And, and I think there is an element of that, but the problem is, is if you put all your eggs on in one basket, it's coming up to Easter uh, in Rafinha, then you open up, um, you open up frailties elsewhere, and that's that's probably what happened today for us, which is good. Yeah, and and you've seen it in Jack Harrison getting his assist and getting more time on the ball. I thought Tyler Roberts' feet were phenomenal for the for the ball that he put in for the uh, ailing, not a goal. We oh, unbelievable. When you've won a game away from home and you've managed to nullify an opposition, we should have had more goals. You two were right. We should have had three or four, as it turns out. The scoreline was tight, but the, the performance wasn't. I think we thoroughly deserved that. Rafinha has ultimately won you the, the game. So, we've, we've discussed the vast majority. I've got, I've got a good point. I've got a good point. You say that all that, Paul, but... We could have conceded quite a few tonight if it weren't for Elan Melia. He, he looked a bit ropey coming for the ball at points. Uh, but other than that, he's made some absolutely fantastic saves. They had some decent chances and fluffed the lines. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, in every game at this level, opposition's going to have big chances and you need your goalkeeper to be a brilliant shot stopper. You need his distribution to be good. You need to make sure that at corners, he is coming and commanding the ball, which he doesn't always do, but he's a very young man. He's been brilliant. I think going back, and you can guess where my uh, word's probably going to be here, but for Strike and Lorente to be maintaining that partnership and for Strike to be playing all these games at centre-half, it is the consistency. Even for having Johnny there at the left-back, being able to put out the same 11 this week that got a decent result last Saturday, you're right. And I think we've touched on this in the first part. There's only, The only per, other person that I hear saying this on the telly because he's watched all of them is Jermaine Beckford. But that run of form for us looks poor. But it's the, the actual form of the team is, is not. So we have not lost momentum. We have not dipped massively. We, we've done really well. That was a statement. That wasn't a question. It was accurate too. 
I'm proud of you. There's a couple of things at the end of the game that I thought were quite funny. I don't know if you saw in the 94th minute, Bielsa was still going ballistic and his like glasses were on the on the tilt. And uh, Or as my in-laws would call it, on the huh, which is a, a new phrase I've learned this week. You what? They say on the huh, anything that's like on the slant, they say huh. What does that mean? Your, family, your, your in-laws are all from down that way as well, aren't they, Suffolk? Ask them. Yeah, but they moved there. They're all thick from like Blackburn and Red Car. They don't, they don't, they don't know their arse from their elbow, mate. They're not intelligent. They're just like. They also do not listen to this podcast. It's staying in. That's fine. You can keep that one in. So Marcelo Bielsa said it's difficult to play against a team who need the points. We attack well and defended well in the second half. Our season so far is not what I expected, but it's what we've been able to obtain up to this point. Do you think he thought we'd qualify for Europe, Andy? Yes. I think I think he went in going, we've got a chance of winning this one, beaten. Yeah, I think he's disappointed. He would be, wouldn't you? Do you know what? I am a little bit disappointed. I'm disappointed that we've conceded so many goals. Do you, do you remember, right? So am I. Do, do you remember, like, when you were, when, when you were like, playing Pro Evo, when Pro Evo was a thing? Is Pro Evo still a thing? I don't think it is, and it? it's FIFA now. But when Pro Evo was a thing, what I used to do was I'd go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get the ball... I'm going to take it back to my own line, get out for a corner, defend it, and break and score. What Leeds do is they go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give away a corner and concede just for lols. What's that all about? Again, it's a bit about strength. It's a bit about experience. Um, it's a bit about not conceding so many blooming corners. You've just given a massive um, monologue about consistency. I would sh- that back four's been with them, and now you're going, oh, it's about consistency. It's about this. It's about that. It's about the other. Which one is it, Paul? No, what? Which one is it, Paul? We need to improve at defending from corners, but we're also, we do concede a lot of corners, and we've also identified that Gianni Alioski's got a decent partnership with Harrison, but you've been frustrated with him, and a lot of the time the ball's going out on on that side. If we bring in a first-class left-back next season, it's going to make such a difference to the efficiency in defence. We've discussed almost every player in the team tonight. Who's your man of the match? Uh, I'm going to go with, he's either a three or a 10, Tyler Roberts. Very, very good. And, and like I said earlier, he's someone who has benefited very quickly from just having game time. And uh, yeah, it's great to see him doing well. I uh, Yeah, being completely honest, I wrote him off in my mind. I just thought he was someone who was just going to be constantly injured or injury prone. And uh, he's, yeah, he's coming good. So fair play to him. Andy? It should be Is it Rafinha? It should, hey, it should be Patrick Bamford for goal and assist, but it's Pascal Strike. We're looking strong at centre half now. I think I think when everyone's fit, we've got a real problem on our hands. For me, Pascal Strike it is probably first choice. Did you see uh, when Robin Cock came on? I'm sure he mouthed, uh, where, "Where am I playing?" <laughs> in, in a world at the start of the season when we signed Cock and Lorente, you're going, well, there's your two centre-halves straight away. And now you're looking at it going, Coops has been fantastic. Because he has, hasn't he? Let's be fair. Strike looks unreal. And what's he, 21? It looks like Chewbacca and flipping heck, he can, uh, he's some player, isn't he? So I'm good at Pascal Strike just for the way he adapts. He got a lot of stick for sticking into the uh, defensive mid role, but that's not his position. It's like putting me in, in any position in any game. It's just not going to work. The, the amazing thing about our defence, really, is like you say, they're all really good. There isn't any egos, you know, like someone who would maybe think, oh, I'm not going to get 
I'm not going to get in the team. I'm going to go. Like they all want to play under Bielsa, which is great for us as fans, obviously. Do you think there's a, a case next season for playing three at the back with two wing backs? Potentially, especially for if it doesn't hinder our attacking prowess, particularly. It depends on who they're looking at for coming in on the uh, on the left hand side, but you know that Ailing can do that job. It might even be that he really works on it and wants to play Harrison there and doesn't bother with the left back still, and starts with three of them. So, I think it's a system that that could work. What say you anyway? Who's your man of the match? Patrick Bamford. He's scored. He's got an assist. He's played the entire thing injured, and he's had a massive knock in his. Well, not a massive knock, but he's had a little setback in his career yesterday and he's come out and he's done exactly what I expected him to do. And when the when you're facing adversity rather than downing tools and uh, sulking, as some of his previous managers may have suggested he may have done, he's come out and shown the player that he... And I'm really chuffed for him, so he can have it for me. And, and your final word, Andy. Correct. You correctly predicted Leeds would win I correctly said for the last however many weeks it would be Fulham at Fulham I'm right big up me what a bell end <laughs> and uh, James any any? Uh, we're just going to agree with Andy no what, my, that I'm a, a bell end well there is that um, up we're staying up I finally feel like this is it we've done it we're going to be here next season and we might actually see Leeds United at Ellen Road in the Premier League. I think I'm going to have to say consistency because I think I've been sponsored by it this second half of the podcast, but it, it's a great thing. It's helped us in this game massively. So many of our players are coming on hugely and we've now got, I've had a text off my uncle saying, well done, you're safe. Uh, just enjoy these last nine games. And it's kind of true. We've got an easy run of the next three fixtures after the international break. We've been saying this for weeks, though. I think we'll get nine points out of the next three games. <laughs> Sheffield United, you know game? Man, Man City and Liverpool. Yeah, that sounds uh, quite easy, doesn't it? I thought it was, uh, I thought it was scum Man City and uh, <laughs> Liverpool. But. Sheffield United won't be an easy game. They, they. I mean, well, yeah, Andy, what you're right. Paul bottom in charge. Yeah, I know, but, Don't you know... Hurt. <laughs> you know what yeah exactly it's the law of Leeds that and anything could happen and they are still fighting and still weirdly believe that they could stay up so it's one of them that could turn against us we've got we've got difficult games it's it's not uh, no games are easy in this division oh boy other than West Brom away <laughs> so uh, yeah I've just chuffed and, and we can all go now enjoy our weekends in fact we can enjoy an international break riding on the crest of a victory in London that is brilliant enjoy your international breaks we will be back after with our match day podcast for the next game is it Sheffield United next 3rd of April do you know what's great about that it's the last time we'll ever play them (laughs) right guys enjoy your international break we'll be back with Sheffield United podcast with Mr Heckingbottom is he on the show I doubt it, but he might—he might be looking for gigs like this next season when Sheffield United boot him. See you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.